Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 124, and you're watching currently live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now, if you're not watching live with us Thursday night at 8 p.m. on any of those, you're hopefully catching us on our audio version, which is available on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Now, normally, as I've always said, we try and do some Ontario stuff, but that's not really going on. Even uh, lately, gyms and stuff have been closing. Uh, there are a couple of things coming up. I'm not sure if they're actually going to go through, so I don't want to uh, chance uh, and put something up that isn't uh, going on. But we definitely want everybody to stay uh, healthy, stay safe, and uh, just be patient. Support independent wrestling whenever you can. Whether you're also buying their t-shirts, uh, memorabilia of any sort of thing, uh, reach out to your favorite uh, talent and just check in with them. See how they're doing. You know? So definitely want you to do that. Um, you can also buy our t-shirts. There's going to be a special uh, coming up for the month of November leading into Christmas. So be sure to watch for that advertisement coming up in a couple of weeks. But we have news. We have this week in history we have predictions for two pay-per-views that are happening this week impact wrestling's bound for glory and wd's hollow in a cell so before we get into that coming to us from niagara falls is jonesy how are you today jonesy i'm doing pretty good except for those twats that uh down at dufferin island destroyed a whole bunch of christmas uh, uh lights apparently that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, the Niagara Festival lights is really nice. Uh, Dufferin Island usually has the uh, uh, nature-inspired uh, uh, light setups. I remember seeing the uh, goose coming in and coming for a landing uh, in the different uh, segments. It's pretty cool. There's, like, moose in that. Uh, trees are wrapped in lights. Uh, I think the festival lights actually starts next month as well in uh, November until January. And, you know, when you can't really get out to do some, at least uh, in Niagara, the festival lights is something you can at least drive to and drive past without getting out and exposing yourself. Um, you can listen to tunes, have anything in your car that you want, and it's a really nice time to get out and do something. Um, and, so hopefully it's not, it's not that busy, um, especially at nighttime, I'd say from eight o'clock on, uh, I'll go down and have my wife drop me off back by where the, um, uh, oh, come on. I'm thinking of the, anyways, way past the, uh, horseshoe there before the horseshoe as you're coming up to it. And I've walked that many uh, times and there's not a ton of people out there as far as you can distance yourself no problem in the winter time yeah so it's an amazing thing i've been there a bunch of times when i was younger i even did uh, a couple times new year's uh in the falls and to see the lights so if you ever get a chance here's a travel tip for you if you can't get to independent wrestling shows go check out niagara falls and the festival lights and anywhere else you can um it's a great uh, thing to do and I think they do take donations to uh, help that uh, get going. But we're actually here to talk about wrestling. So let's do that. 
Um, some wrestling news uh, that's going on uh, this week. Uh, since Mustafa Ali revealed himself as the leader of Retribution, he's actually being harassed by uh, fans on social media and even being called out for his culture and that some tweets were say, uh, calling him a terrorist and that WWE doesn't need any anti-American crap. Um, I'm not sure if they're seeing the same thing I am, but I haven't seen any uh, anti-American uh, terroristic type things with retribution. Of course, any act like what terror, uh, what retribution is doing is a terrorist type act, but not in the sense of Al Qaeda or anything like that, that they're accusing him of. So it's kind of crazy. Um, any thoughts on the stupidity of fans, Jonesy? Um. People are offended over many things. Uh, they just take it too much out of context. It's in wrestling, folks. It's wrestling. It's yeah, it's exactly. the same as a lot of other issues that have come up where it's just you you need to be able to talk about certain things and not have people go crazy. And and as far as the the the, the wrestling it in wrestling, um. My God, go back to watch the Sturgeon Slaughter days. I mean, he he was aligned, kayfabe, he was aligned with Saddam Hussein. So, I mean, come on, you know, it, 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 throw that at that person. I'd say, go watch this. <laughs> yeah, and they needed to get security for him and everything uh, that way. And bulletproof for him to get out uh, in the world. That's going extreme. Mustafa Ali... The guy is a former uh, police officer, I believe, in the Chicago area. There's no way this guy is going to do terroristic things. It's a story, as you said, and that story may or may not last long because Retribution was totally destroyed this past Monday on a rather horrible Monday Night Raw. They lost an eight-man tag to the Hurt Business with T-Bar quickly tapping out, and then... They end up surrounding the fiend, and the fiend takes them out four against one. Like these guys look really bad. And then, after all that, they do a backstage seg segment where Mustafa Ali's going, uh, "Yeah, we're going to just give me a computer or a cell phone, and I can take things down." And I was the hacker that you saw on SmackDown, so at least they solved that mystery that they didn't do anything with. But you know, I don't know how much life retribution has left there was a little bit of hope when they put ali there with them but yeah that seems to be gone as soon as they got destroyed in one uh, thing and also got put into the draft after also giving being given contracts meanwhile they started trying to destroy the place i love bruce pritchard i love vince mcmahon but oh my god they need to figure something out and not this whole on-the-fly booking is really annoying and pushing a lot of fans away. Um, not only just the fact that you can get so much of WD on uh, social media that you don't have to sit down and watch it, but those who want to watch it are getting pushed away by stupid storylines. That's why I join you in this show so I don't have to watch most of that crap. Yeah, because also on uh, Raw this week, 
There was uh, horrible bookings for Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. Both of them should be winning and looking good and uh, you know credible, like they did on NXT, and yet they're jobbing out on the season premiere of Raw. Uh, the show also ended. It felt rather abruptly when they might have ran out of time or something because Randy Orton uh, came out and locked himself into the hell in the cell to hype his match with uh, Drew McIntyre this weekend. And no sooner did Drew McIntyre produce a set of bolt cutters to get into the cell, he cut the chain, walked in, and it stopped. We didn't see any confrontation between the two. And you hear Tom Phillips going that Drew McIntyre broke into hell. So I know a lot of people probably thought they were going to at least brawl and then go to dark, but did they run out of time? Bad booking? I don't know. Oh, why, why do they still use a chain to lock the doors and those things? You think by now they 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 come up with you know those those combo codes and they can make it look so much better. Like how about old freaking uh, a jail freaking cell look? And the oh, industry man. rubber that goes around bike locks that you can't clip. You know, <laughs> you, <something>. uh, you lock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, they can break in. We'll see what happens. I'm going to uh, talk about the four matches only that have been booked so far for uh, this Sunday's pay-per-view. But uh, continuing with some of the news, Lillian Garcia's uh, podcast is coming to the WD Network. She announced that on Monday. People thought she was going to uh, do a return to WWE and be the ring announcer. I see Black Scorpion has uh, come back. I'm not sure who Excellent. you are. And we do. Oh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know who the Black Scorpion is. We do hear you. Thank you for joining us, as always. Uh, maybe Jonesy will uh, reveal who that is in a private chat. But. Uh, yeah, Vince is also hoping to have uh, Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey uh, back in the fold in time for WrestleMania. Um, Becky's only just going to have their uh, child in December or something like that. So that'll be a quick turnaround from becoming a mom and uh, getting back into the ring. But they're hoping uh, that uh, she'll go against Ronda Rousey. Raw Underground is uh, no more. Uh, it's all done, mostly due to COVID, I guess, because a lot of the people were uh, extras from NXT and stuff like that. And with COVID-19 going around, they don't want the two brands mixing and causing any more problems. So some of the guys like Dabokato, uh, Raul Mendoza, and uh, I forget the other guy's name at the moment, uh, have been added to just the regular raw uh, roster. Uh, even uh, Big Jordan, who uh, was the doorman at uh, Raw Underground, is now uh, backing AJ Styles. And so you got this huge seven-foot, whatever, mm -hmm. tall uh, guy standing behind AJ Styles, who's just barely six feet. Roman Reigns' cousin, Lance, who currently works for uh, Court Bowers MLW, is looking to join his family in WWE when he is able to. Um, I guess there had been talk about bringing him into WWE. He had been, he did one match uh, one time with uh, 
Shane McMahon, I believe, and Drew McIntyre uh, in their feud with Roman and basically got jobbed out. But there's a chance that Lance could uh, come and help build more of the uh, Samoan dynasty that looks to be eventually being built uh, up for uh, probably WrestleMania if The Rock can go against uh, Roman. So Black Scorpion, again, is... (laughs) Sending us some messages. Thank you, Black Scorpion. Uh, Ronda Rosie uh, recently was seen training with uh, Cowboy James Storm. It was just by chance. They were in the same place at the same time and decided to train together. Um, people are wondering how long it is till she returns. As I said just a moment ago, uh, Vince wants her back by WrestleMania and is hoping to have people in stands. They're going to still be in Tampa and make up what they did for last year, not being able to be at the Robin J- Robert J. Stadium. I can't remember. Uh, it's where the uh, Buccaneers play. Robert J., I believe it is. Uh, anyways, there's also uh, in conversation about James Storm coming in, and that's one of the reasons why he got released or got let go from NWA, so he joined WWE. So who knows when they're going to come into uh, – that Chris Jericho had Andrew Yang on his podcast recently, and they talked about the independent contractor situation in WD and how it's not fair for talent and all this other stuff. Uh, Andrew asked how um, the cons treat uh, AEW superstars compared to WD, and Jericho said that the difference between the two is the fact that WD is still in the old carny. Uh, style of the fact that people come and go and have nothing except for money being given to them as opposed to AEW where the Khan family uh, own different sports league uh, franchises and they're treated like how the Jacksonville Jaguar uh, athletes are. Uh, Jericho also complained about the fact that WD can show his uh, likeness on the network and anything that they want but he doesn't get a single cent from that and thinks it's unfair, but now I don't know. That's sort of what people knew what was going on. The network uh, existed in a couple of Jericho's times coming back, so it wasn't a big surprise to him. Now maybe some of the guys that were there before the transition maybe have a little complaint, but I know people were getting residual checks for videos and DVDs that got sold, and they get like, Two cents, hey, cost more. Hey, hey. When when AEW goes under and uh, it's sold, their library is sold to uh, WWE eventually, um, then what's going to happen with Jericho is then they're going to show that. Like, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, that can be a bitter part that you can carry with you, but that's your own damn fault. You didn't, you signed, you knew what you signed. Yeah, exactly. And I uh, just thinking about what you were saying uh, as well. I saw Jimmy Corderas's uh, rough and rant for today, and I kind of g- agree with him. Um, AEW still a year later, they've proven themselves to survive a year, but they still take pot shots at WWE. Meanwhile, you don't hear WWE taking shots at them. Yes, there's the counter uh, booking of. NXT at the same time as AEW, and that's business. But you never hear 
WD calling out AEW or any of their talent. And they've made it a year. Why do you have to keep on calling out things? Be yourself. You say you want to be uh, different than WD. You want to be sports-oriented. Well, uh, last night definitely was not totally sports-oriented, as we'll talk about Jericho and MJF later. But, you know, all the things that they said they wanted to do, they're not doing. And then, you know, they're still taking pot shots. Be yourself. Do what you want to do and succeed on your own merit instead of riding somebody else's coattails, even if it's in a negative fashion. Anyways, back to, uh, from that rant, uh, to more news. The state of Florida is looking at uh, why COVID-19 is not uh, curving down in their state, and they're looking at about 15 different businesses uh, that are uh, active in the uh, state and three of those places include WWE uh, locations such as Full Sail University, uh, the uh, Capital Wrestling uh, Center, also known as the Performance Center, formerly, and the Amway Center, where they're doing their other shows. And they're wondering why uh, that's not curving, uh, thinking that maybe they're responsible for it. WWE has responded, saying that they're doing all the testing that they uh, are required to do. Of course, it was like three or four months after COVID started that they started doing uh, the testing, but they're now doing it. And they're uh, saying that they are only getting like 1.5% of positive uh, cases as opposed to other places that are at least 5% for uh, that. So they're finding cases, but they're not as high as some of the other places that even though it's only 5%. So we'll have to see if WD is believed on that or if there'll be a deeper investigation into uh, what's going on and if they are part of the problem or at least doing their part. Uh, Russell Votes is claiming that this year's Survivor Series will be built around the Undertaker's 30th anniversary because uh, this... 30 years ago in 1990 was when he appeared as the mystery uh, partner for Ted DiBiase's team with Rhythm and Blues. And they're also going to be starting a 30 Days of Undertaker on the WWE Network, culminating in a uh, documentary with the Brothers of Destruction, which then a week prior to that culmination, it's going to be uh, released at a film festival uh, to be seen there then on the WWE Network. So they're definitely honoring a lot of Undertaker. There's no talk that he's going to have any sort of match, but uh, yeah, that's what's happening with him. Your thoughts on Undertaker in 30 years in the business, Chris? Well, that's impressive, especially since he had a career before the Undertaker. Um, now, the Undertaker, I... I Unless it's, you know, a money thing or he doesn't want to do it, I don't see why he couldn't be in a traditional Survivor Series match. I mean, God, the guy the guy wouldn't even have to work out to do it. Just stretch a little bit to do one or two moves. That's it. Um, for the fact that, just like they did with Andre, except Undertaker can still pull some stuff off. So it's not like he can't. So for me, I think Survivor Series style match is perfect for him. 
same as like Royal Rumble, uh, over the top battle royals, because that stuff he can he can win, especially if it's a battle royal, because who gives a shit who wins one of those? And like Iron Sheik, like <laughs> Iron Sheik, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so Mark Holloway definitely uh, has had quite the uh, career, and you pointed out that he had a career before uh, coming out as the Dead Man, and then uh, to know that he held that uh, persona so close to his uh, chest that nobody got in and you know, went, oh, that's Mark Calloway, and there's Undertaker type deal, and separated the two. He played that through, didn't really get on social media until recently, when his wife, Michelle McCool, started doing that. And then to find out that they'd been recording for a bunch of years, behind-the-scenes stuff, waiting for that time to for him to retire, and it culminated with the uh, documentary that WDE did, I believe it was five parts on the network, which is really good. And then they got so much footage that they could probably do so much more with what was not put into The Last Ride. Uh, the final... Uh, Note like that his bathroom schedule. Pardon? What's the Undertaker's bathroom schedule when he's training? You, you never know. Final note is that Karrion Cross is uh, doing a lot of hardcore training uh, in hopes of coming back sooner rather than later uh, from his shoulder injury that uh, cost him the NXT uh, championship after he won it from Keith Lee. And he's down in the islands with Scarlett Bordeaux, and he's doing like different things more natural material and lifting almost like a rocky uh style from uh rocky four where he was doing uh just acts uh like log cutting and stuff like that which is not your typical way of training obviously everybody goes to the gym and uses uh weights but i saw one picture or one small clip of him uh with scarlet and somebody else in like a basket and he was pulling it uh down like as I said, how he, uh, Rocky Four happened. So, Carrying Cross is definitely looking to come back sooner rather than later. But those type of uh, workouts, uh, I think you you see more of that now because of COVID, not being able to go to, not easily accessing uh, gyms like you used to and all that. And I mean that that that's. I, I know I know one guy that uh, he got him out in self in shape by just getting a huge one of those huge tractor tires and he started moving that thing around his yard and he got freaking huge. Uh, you don't have to go to a gym to get the results. You just have to know what exercises to do to get the result that you want. Yeah, between uh, knowing what to do and also having basically just resistance material like you don't even need a weight and you can do uh resistance training that way and uh bulk well, up. The, uh, the resistance elastics or whatever they're called i use one of those things and they're great yeah um just a note here from chad uh peterson it says braun is in trouble because he went to a, a big motorcycle event and he uh, had it on social media. Fans are not happy with him going to it. Um, I haven't heard about the Braun Strowman thing, uh, Chad, but thank you for sharing that uh, part. I know that Jericho went to uh, Sturgis Rally in August and got a lot of flack for that because Fozzie ended up playing that, and that's where uh, WCW used to do 
hog wild and road wild uh, part of their uh, pay-per-views there. But I'm not surprised if somebody like Braun Strowman has gone to some sort of motorcycle rally as well. Uh, he seems that uh, uh, to enjoy uh, going to events might not have been the smartest thing to do, especially right now. But Hey, if the President of the United States can do it, then you know what? So can you. Exactly. Uh, yeah, kind of an embarrassment there. He is. Uh, so, yeah, if you have any more uh, tidbits, uh, please uh, feel free to share them. Uh, anybody who's uh, watching along, I thank you for joining us. You're watching us live on Facebook, YouTube, and uh, Twitch right now. Plus, uh, you can catch us anywhere on your uh, social medias where you get your podcast from. So thank you for joining us. Send us a message. Uh, let us know where you're uh, listening or watching from right now. And uh, now it's time to look at some of the things, especially that happened last night, because I don't really want to dive into Monday. I talked about how horrible uh, some of that was. But um, last night, of course, the Wednesday Night Wars happened, and uh, AEW uh, had some big promos from John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Taz, and Ricky Starks. So some of the highlights uh, there. The Young Bucks are now the number one contenders for FTR uh, after winning the fi- uh, four-way match that included Dark Order, uh, Butcher and Blade, and Private Party. The uh, Eliminator Tournament also uh, started last night with the first round. They had four matches in it, and that's to determine the number one contender for the world title after Full Gear, because Full Gear is going to have Moxley going against uh, Eddie Kingston in a uh, I Quit match. But first round saw Wardlow defeat Jungle Boy. Kenny Omega destroyed Sunny Kiss in under 30 seconds uh, with a V-trigger and uh, one uh, when Angel. I uh, picked him up, hugged him, but you, you could tell it was uh, not very sincere. He had big uh, entrance, uh, a lot of announcements added to him. Very arrogant entry, and there was girls even with brooms uh, with the sweep. Okay, thank you, uh, Scorpion, for some jokes at Halloween. <laughs> Very what do skeletons order at a restaurant? Sparrows. So thank you. We'll continue with your comments along the way, but... Uh, yeah, Kenny Omega destroyed Sunny Kiss. Uh, he's going back to the cleaner uh, gimmick, it looks like. It's about time uh, because Kenny Omega for the first year in AEW has just been rid- ridiculous. Uh, Sunny Kiss actually took Joey Janela's spot because Janela claimed that he had been in contact with somebody at an indie show that uh, possibly contracted uh, COVID as well. And so AEW and Joey Janela... Uh, agreed to be pulled out, obviously. Uh, AEW stated that Janela will not be back until he uh, concludes the protocols that they have in place for quarantining. Uh, Ray Phoenix beat his brother Penta uh, 0M in a really good 15-minute back-and-forth match between them, high-flying. 
And Hangman Adam Page ended up beating Colt Cabana, who had Dark Order by his side. So that was the first round. And, uh, yeah, this part kind of polarized some people. I heard from uh, Stephen, who unfortunately could not join us this evening, but um, I sent both Stephen and uh, Jonesy a clip of last night's MJF and Chris Jericho uh, dinner debonair uh, for their steak dinner. They were going back and forth, upping the ante on who could have a worse raw steak. Uh, Jericho ended up ordering his blue. And then they broke into song and had Jacksonville Jaguars dancing. It was uh, me and my shadow. Uh, They were dancing back and forth. It was basically a very old school uh, sort of feel for their uh, song and dance that they did. And then it ended with them back at the table complaining about, oh, my God, this steak is too rare for me to eat and called for their waitress, who whose real name was Velma, but uh, MJF kept on calling Thelma. So you have to watch it to believe it. Um, It's definitely sports entertainment. It's not your, hey, we're a sports-oriented show. Jonesy, what did you think of it? Because I know Steven hated it. Well, again, it depends how you're looking at it, because, I mean, if they want to be different, they achieve their goal, but it, it's kind of hard to take your wrestling seriously when you do that. However, well, this I, I is will say, Jericho who did the uh, Mimosa uh, match also with Orange Cassidy. Jericho is becoming a joke. I think he's having fun with it. As I will say that that clip was, was an A for me. Um, I Not as far as did it fit with what they're trying to perceive? Maybe not so with with a lot of fans because, again, a lot of fans don't like the comedy stuff. Uh, how can you take your wrestlers seriously when they're doing stuff like that? And, and in a way, you could o- you could almost say, did it jump the shark? Like, did it go too much into the silly? Um, and it's a different type of silly. I mean, God, you look at old glow and stuff like that. There's some bad, silly stuff. But this was actually done well. It wasn't. It wasn't like they just slapped it together. It was. It was well done. And actually, um, MJF can can uh, fairly decent. Where Chris Jericho, not quite. Um, as long as it, I think it would have been worse if Jericho started dancing because, of course, he was voted off. Uh, uh, right away on that show uh, that he did, but uh, all in all, I, I thought it was pretty good, and I was humming the damn thing for like five minutes afterwards uh, because again, it's it's just a catchy um, thing. I I'm glad they tried something different, and hey, some people are gonna like it, some people are not. But as George Carlin said, that's why you have an on and an off button or knob on your on your little machines here so if you don't like it switch over to something else come back you know which you can go over to nxt uh so yeah uh chad peterson also said that he saw uh jericho and mjf and it was so bad they were having dinner and fell asleep uh over the song and dance and the steaks were just gross 
So well, the, uh, the, the stakes were weren't actually blue; they were raw, because blue yeah. is they're literally just slap, flip, slap, and, and even, it was all red. So I don't think it was even blue. But yeah, those were definitely one raw. More, one more point I do want to make on that is, again, it was done so well as far as like it looks like they did it in one take, and it was it was well choreographed i i give them bravo on it i really do you may not like it but so uh those watching uh right now here's some more lovely jokes from oh, boogeyman uh, yeah or boogers yeah well, see, he brought himself he brought himself back to the boogeyman yes with boogers and i'll laugh about it uh, so, yeah, next week on AEW, uh, there's going to be a Lumberjack match for the TNT title. Cody's going to defend against Orange Cassidy. They went the limit uh, 20 minutes last week, uh, so now they're going to do it again with the winner facing off against Darby Allen at uh, Full Gear. And there will be a town hall with the inner circle to see if MJF can join the, the group, plus tournament quarterfinals featuring... Uh, Phoenix taking on Omega and uh, Hangman Page taking on Wardlow. Uh, so Phil Gear is happening next month. I believe it's November 7th. And Darby Allen, as it says, going to face the uh, TNT champion. FTR against the Young Bucks. The finals of the uh, tournament. And Moxley against Eddie Kingston in an I Quit match. Over on the other side of uh, things, uh, the other channel, Kushida uh, won a three-way match uh, with Velveteen Dream and Tommaso Ciampa to start NXT. Amber Moon won her match, but then was attacked by Dakota Kai. Bronson Reed beat uh, Austin Theory twice in the same uh, segment, and Theory uh, got so annoyed that he ended up quitting and walking out of NXT. Legrado del Fantasma... Uh, won a six-man tag team match against Isaiah Swerve Scott, Jake Atlas, and Ashanti the Adonis. Everrise beat Killian Dane and Drake Maverick by disqualification. Casey uh, Cantazero beat Zia uh, Lee. Zia Lee then went after Casey, but then got attacked by uh, Raquel Gonzalez. And there was one other. Uh, but then they were uh, rescued by Rhea Ripley. Timothy Thatcher beat Anthony Green. He's uh, recently signed uh, from uh, Evolve. And Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan ended up beating Brizango to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Uh, this was part of an ongoing story that happened all night with um, Bobby Fish being taken out backstage, followed by Roderick Strong. And so they were supposed to actually challenge Brizango for the tag team titles, but because they couldn't, Lorcan and Burke got uh, put in there. They ended up winning the title thanks to a guy in a hoodie who was revealed as Pat McAfee. Uh, so Pat McAfee finally got some uh, revenge on the Undisputed Era, and they'll probably continue into next week because next week is NXT's version of Halloween Havoc. Uh, it's going to feature Rhea Ripley against Raquel Gonzalez, a haunted house of terror match 
uh, with Cameron Grimes taking on Dexter Loomis. I have no idea what that's going to uh, end up producing. And then Io Shirai is going to defend the Women's uh, Championship against Candice LeRae. And Damian Priest is defending the North American title against Johnny Gargano. Both those matches are going to be part of a spin-the-wheel-make-the-deal revival. Uh, and Shotzi Blackheart is uh, hosting the uh, whole show. So, Jonesy, thoughts on that? I'm not sure if you get to see much NXT either. I know you do check out uh, some AEW Dark here and there. But Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal is back, and WD's finally using a property of WCW's with Halloween Havoc being revived a couple days before Halloween. I, you know, I, I, I think that's fine as long as they don't make it a, you know, a regular thing. Um, but I think Halloween time, absolutely. That, that's one of the things that WCW had that was a good gimmicky thing to do uh, for wrestling. Uh, I like it. I, I hope the wheel is as vintage as they can make it. Uh, if not, then it better be like, like, it better not be cheesy wheel, you know. It's got to it be a like good a wheel. Sorry, it looks like a saw blade. I haven't seen what all the uh, matches are on it, um, but if you check out this week's uh, eighty-three weeks with uh, Tony Schiavone with Conrad Thompson, they actually talk about the nineteen ninety-two version of Halloween Havoc, which was an abomination of a horrible, horrible show because, well. Didn't help that booking the show was uh, uh, Bill Watts, and he was taking everything back to the 70s. And some of the finishes were just horrible. The matchups weren't that great. And then the unfortunate finish with Sting against Jake Roberts and the coal miner's glove and the snake biting Jake after Cactus brought it out. Yeah. Some memories need to stay far, far away, but uh, they're going to do uh, Halloween Havoc 93 on next week's episode, which was a way better show. But that is happening next week on NXT, going against AEW as they get closer to uh, full gear. But this weekend, before we uh, move on to uh, this week in history is Bound for Glory uh, on Saturday. Bound for Glory is going to happen from Impact Wrestling, and they have seven matches announced uh, happening. And one of them is the Collier Shot Gauntlet match. It's going to feature AC Romero, Alicia Edwards, Cody uh, Deaner, Brian Myers, and Myers. Havoc, Heath, Hernandez, Larry D, Rhino, Taya Valkyrie, Tennille Dashwood, Tommy Dreamer, and somebody else who's yet to be announced. So this is definitely going to be a, a intergender match, and it's where the winner could choose any championship of their uh, choosing. But then they put in some stipulations also to it, where the, if Heath or Rhino wins, then Heath is going to win a full-time contract with Impact Wrestling, but if neither of them wins, Rhino's going to get fired. And because of all those uh, stipulations, as well, they're throwing in that Hernandez is going to be the last one to enter. 
and Rhino is going to be the first one to enter. So Rhino has a tall mountain to climb if he's going to stay around in Impact Wrestling. So I think somehow Heath or Rhino are going to end up winning because it doesn't make sense that they would both be fired. I get more comments. Let's see with that. Okay. I will get back to our friendly Scorpion in just a couple minutes. Other matches happening include Eddie Edwards taking on Ken Shamrock. There's going to be a matchup between EC3 taking on Moose in an undisclosed location. I'm going to get rid of this uh, one banner so that we can see the whole thing. Excuse me, I just need to cough for a second. Um, actually, going back to the other uh, match with uh, Ken Shamrock and Eddie Edwards. Uh, Ken Shamrock's also going to have uh, Sammy Callahan in his corner. I do see Ken Shamrock winning this uh, matchup because, well, earlier in the show, he's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, which I will talk about in just a moment after we get through all the matches. EC3 against Moose in an undisclosed location. I'm probably going to pick EC3 to win this uh, matchup. The knockouts title is on the line as the recently signed to a contract, Diona Perrazzo, is taking on Kylie Ray. Um, I thought about uh, picking Kylie Ray, but now with uh, Diona having a actual contract, I can see Diona ended up uh, retaining and let Kylie Ray continue her chase. There's yeah, look going, at that great definition in her. For which one? Kylie Ray? Yeah, the definition in her uh, muscular tone and all that. Yeah, and oddly enough, she had been working for AEW and wanted a release, took a little bit of time off, and then joined Impact. So maybe she saw that the uh, AEW women's division wasn't the greatest to stay around for. Uh, there's going to be a six-way scramble uh, match for the X Division title. That's another intergender uh, match featuring Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, Rohit Raju defending the title, TJP, Jordan Grace, and Willie Mack. Um, I could see, in this case, somebody like TJP picking up uh, the title as an unexpected thing. A lot of people are going to look forward to Jordan Grace getting it, uh, following in the footsteps of Tessa Blanchard being a woman holding a men's title, but I don't see it happening again with Impact Wrestling anytime soon. The tag team titles are going to be on the line in a uh, four-way uh, match with Fulton and Ace Austin uh, challenging the Mars City Machine Guns, who are the current champions, along with the Good Brothers, Anderson and Gallows, and the North, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander. I can see possibly the Good Brothers coming out on top of this one and eventually in a feud or a really good match, hopefully, with the North. I would be almost a dream match in uh, seeing those guys go against each other. The main event of the night will see two former WWE guys, former and current uh, Impact champion Eric Young, 
defending against Rich Swan. Uh, I think this is probably going to be the time for Rich Swan to get the title and uh, leave with it. I'm not sure if you watch any of uh, Impact at all, Jonesy. Uh, no, no, I do not. Okay, that's okay. Um, but you had been looking up this next part, which is the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame is going to be inducting Ken Shamrock into the Hall of Fame, another member of uh, that happening this Saturday. Um, you were doing research because our next Fantasy Warfare tournament, which happens Wednesdays on YouTube, is going to be the greatest tough guy or tough person because there's at least one female uh, going to be included in the 16. And one of those is also Ken Shamrock. So Ken Shamrock is going into the Hall of Fame for Impact Wrestling. Your thoughts on Ken? Uh, you, you know, I, I did some... Uh reading up on him and uh it's quite impressive like everything that he's done and achieved and it it actually i googled to see if he was actually in the um wwe hall of fame and he's not and i'm i'm honestly i'm surprised he's not he was you know like it wasn't like he did nothing there and i know you you know you told me some of the stuff like he didn't show up for matches and that, but I mean, God, people have done a lot worse and they're in the WWE hall of fame. Uh, it's a shame he's not there yet. And I, I think it's time and, yeah. and because he's in the TNA one though, or sorry, the, yeah, the TNA one, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised now if you won't see shame Lock in there anytime soon, because they're not going to want to, then while you did it because they didn't da, 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 da. um but yeah he yeah uh, i mean wwe credits shamrock with popularizing the ankle lock in in uh, professional wrestling um back in uh 98 he was number eight on the pwi list i mean that's and of course he got the ic belt the king of the ring 98 uh the ic uh tournament he won and won the belt uh, and he also had some innovative stuff that he did in the ring, including that Owen Hart match uh, at uh, I think it was WrestleMania. So it, you know, I the I'm, world's I'm most just dangerous man. Why isn't in there yet? When Coco Beware is in there, what the hell? Why isn't Shamrock in there? I think uh, a lot of it has to just uh, obviously WD. We know that their uh, Hall of Fame is a little bit more politically uh, geared. Yeah. Uh, depending on what they can do with having a person come in at a certain time, but also what they're doing at their current time in life. I do see Ken Shamrock getting into the Hall of Fame. He definitely deserves to be in the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame uh, for what he's doing currently, but he was also the first ever uh, TNA NWA uh, champion on their yeah. very first episode of when they were doing pay-per-views. Uh, at their start of their whole existence. So definitely a reason why to put them in there. Um, if you listen to JR, Grill and JR and Connor Thompson, that has been brought up a couple times why uh, Shamrock is not in the Hall of Fame. And JR gives him a lot of praise 
for his work ethic and just his everything that he is and abilities. But then when they went to try and push him, there was times that he just didn't show up and they're just like, uh, no, we expect you to be here for this and that. And I think it was three times he no-showed and Jared just said, no, sorry, we have to uh, move forward with doing business and uh, you're not uh, part of the equation if you can't uh, uh, commit to being here when you're needed. But congratulations to Ken Shamrock going into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame this Saturday. Uh, then the following night, WWE is presenting Hell in a Cell. It's going to be on the WWE Network. Hopefully it's going to be a short one because it's more of a B pay-per-view for them. But it's so much a B pay-per-view that they only have four matches officially scheduled when normally you have about seven to eight uh, matches, including your uh, pre-show figured out. But I'm going to go through the four matches that we do have, and we'll start with Jeff Hardy taking on Elias. Elias had a concert uh, the other day, uh, day on Monday Night Raw. He has new album dropping, I believe, this Monday, uh, probably on any of your music uh, outlets like Spotify. And iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your uh, music from, iTunes. And Jeff had been hit over the head with a guitar on SmackDown uh, by Elias. And now they're continuing it over on Raw. And during the after the concert was done, Jeff Hardy went after Elias and missed him with an uh, electric guitar. But... Elias is still blaming Jeff for running him down on SmackDown, where it was proved that it wasn't Jeff, but it was somebody with red hair that did it, and that's how Jeff ended up out of the Intercontinental title tournament. Uh, and so that was his feud with Sheamus, uh, going back to his uh, addictions issue. So somehow Elias didn't get the message that Jeff didn't do it, for starters. And they're hopefully going to solve who did do it eventually. But at the same time, that would make Elias a baby face when they do. So I don't know if they want Elias as a fa uh, fan favorite or a heel. Because they were doing cheers and piping that in during the concert for a guy who's supposed to be a heel. So I don't even know if they know what they want to do with Elias. Except for there's talk that he's going to be one of the top guys uh, going forward on Raw. I'm picking Elias. Jonesy, you have something to say. I do. Um, I'm looking at the picture of Elias, and he, he kind of looks crossed between Billy Jack Haynes and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, pretty much. But at the same time, he's do, uh, got like a honky-tonk man uh, yeah. sort of <laughs> thing with actual album. Uh, so, yeah, he's a mixture of a whole lot of people. And apparently, the Black Scorpion has challenged me to a Hell in a Cell match. I am there. That could be interesting. But there is going to be three Hell in a Cell matches this Sunday, including yeah. the SmackDown Women's Championship on the line as Bailey, who just became the longest reigning total combined dates uh, champion 
of all time next to Fabulous Moolah. She's nearing almost a thousand dates, uh, days with a uh, title in her whole career. Uh, nobody's going to get close to Moolah because that's like 10,000 plus days, 30 years <laughs> of being a champion. But she's done it with less title reigns than Charlotte Flair and has more days uh, as a champion than Charlotte. This is culminating in a uh, battle because Bailey turned on her best friend, Sasha Banks, who'd been protecting her by holding that belt for a while. And oddly enough, WD Network had did a special talking about their Iron Woman match that they had where Bailey ended up being Sasha for the title in NXT. This time, I think it's going to be Sasha with three times the experience in the Hell in a Cell uh, taking the title off of Bailey. Then, as I said, how Monday Night Raw ended, Hell in a Cell for the WWE Championship with Drew McIntyre defending against Randy Orton. Personally, I would love to see Drew McIntyre continue as champion, but Randy Orton said this is going to continue until he gets the title. And this is like their fourth pay-per-view uh, event doing this since SummerSlam. And sometime it has to end. And eventually, I think Orton is going to get the belt because when Edge is ready to return, that's when Edge is going to get it off of Orton. So, sadly, I think the title will switch on this one as much as I do not want it to. And you'll have a new uh, new WWE champion in Randy Orton. And the final match has a rematch from last uh, pay-per-view with Jey Uso going against Roman Reigns. Now, tomorrow night on SmackDown, Roman's going to introduce a yet another consequence for this match happening. Um, Jay refused to acknowledge Roman as the tribal chief, uh, head of the table, head of the family at the last pay-per-view, and his twin brother Jimmy had to throw in the towel uh, to get Roman to stop beating the hell out of his own cousin. I see this happening yet again. Uh, more beatdown uh, with uh, Jay. Possibly the final consequence because this is going to be an I quit match because Jay did not uh, say he quit and acknowledge Roman as a uh, tribal chief of the family. So he's going to beat him until Jay does. So unfortunately, Jay probably will uh, say it this time, but the other stipulation is probably going to be that Jay is then subservient to Roman and probably even Jimmy uh, when Jimmy comes back from his injury. And this is going to start the build of the uh, Samoan dynasty in WWE managed by Paul Heyman. So that's happening this Sunday. Hell in a Cell on WWE Network. The ne Day before, Bound for Glory, Impact Wrestling, the Saturday, wherever you get your pay-per-views from. Thoughts on any of that before we dive into this week in wrestling, Josie? Uh, the only thought is, you know, three Hell in the Cell matches, yuck. Uh, you know what? The Hell in the Cell was fine when, you know, Mick Foley did it, and when they did the first, you know, three or four of them. But after that... I'd rather just see a regular freaking cage match. The Hell in the Cell 
really doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense why you would put up that huge structure when you can just put a freaking regular cage up. Uh, well, I, they get the extra space on the floor. Hoop, they freaking do. They don't do much. They don't do anything really that they couldn't do without the cage. They throw up against each other, against um, the side rails. They can go even further and and have a more unique match. Uh, to me, the Hell in the Cell match, it it's pretty much pointless to have it in a cage. It, it really is uh, like that many times. I, I It's actually one of the matches I, I dislike the most in WWE. Um, again, except for how neat that it started off as now it's it's just like who gives a shit about the match yeah i think uh the problem is when you have specialty matches that become the gimmick for a pay-per-view it takes away from the special because and you do it three freaking times well true but it's as bad as the rumble having two separate matches have them at the same time. I'm okay with the two se uh, separate rumbles because of what that point of it being that it leads to a title match at WrestleMania. So it gives a reason to have that. But when a cage match, or in this case, the original reason to have a Hell in a Cell was because it's to try and culminate a feud it should be for that reason, as opposed to, oh, well, it's October. Let's do Hell in a Cell. It doesn't make it any special and waters it down. Yes, TNA Impact Wrestling, whichever it wants to be called, did have, uh, and I think does have lockdown where all their matches were in a cage. I'm okay with that in a way because that's the whole theme of the show. All right. But when Hell in a Cell has a reason for what its original creation is, it's dumb. Just like uh, TLC is dumb that way. I'm okay with when you say Elimination Chamber decides stuff for WrestleMania because it's especially matched that way. Like Survivor Series, you have those tent poles, but for big gimmick matches that are supposed to be special, you take it to obscurity and the it's blah when it's scheduled on your thing because december we're supposed to be getting tlc unless they change that and oh here's the tables match here's the ladders match here's the tlc match and here's the chairs match only because that's what our schedule says we need like it's forcing things to go too far um just to acknowledge what i put up a moment ago chad peterson uh thank you for that reminder about the uh State of Florida checking on WD for how they're dealing with COVID. Uh, mentioned that in their news uh, package. And so we'll have to see what uh, happens with that investigation. The Black Scorpion is saying, me and you versus these two. I don't know who these two are. Maybe it's Chad Patterson and Jonesy. He wants well, us to know, challenge. You know what? If if by chance there's any type of challenge to me in 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 a ring, I I, I freaking accept. There we go. So let's have some fun with that. But uh, we conclude each week uh, right now with our this week in wrestling history 
with our resident historian diving through the annals of time, Jonesy. All right, here we go with This Week in Wrestling. October 16th to the 22nd. We're going to start with October 16th, of course. Uh, 33 years ago in Kansas City, the Sheep Herders, Butch and Luke, defeated the Lightning Express, Brad Armstrong and Tim Horner, to win the UWF Bill Watts version of the Tag Team Championship and would be the Tag Champion for that Bill Watts version. Jim Crockett bought out. With that. There we go. 32 years ago in Providence, Rhode Island, Ted DiBiase won the 1988 King of the Ring uh, tournament, defeating then WWF champion Macho Man Savage, which I actually didn't know uh, that uh, he had a win over Macho Man Savage in 88. Um, 23 years ago in Queens, New York, Bam Bam Below defeating Douglas to win the EW uh, World Heavyweight Champion. Um, 20 years ago on Raw is War from Detroit. Uh, William Regal defeated Al Snow to win the European uh, Championship. Uh, 16 years ago today, Stuart Edward Stu Hart uh, passed away from a stroke. He was 88. Uh, of course, he was the father uh, um, uh, Brad Hart and Hart wrestling lore. Uh, did you know young Stu lived in a tent with his family? Uh, they lived off the land in wrestling wild forest game for food. No, I didn't correct, but anyway. Interesting. Uh, well, uh, he, sorry? Interesting. Oh, well, uh, well, he liked uh, them with his uh, slingshot, uh, just like the badass he was. Because uh, his daddy got arrested for not paying taxes, which was true. Um, IRS was around uh, before Redundo suited up. Uh, he became his wrestler. Wrestling career, um, he began his wrestling career in Edmonton with the YMCA in 29. He played for the CFL's Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, during this uh, time with the Canadian Navy, director of athletics, he was introduced to pro wrestling. He started wrestling bears and a tiger and soon after uh, formed Stampede Wrestling and buying a big mansion um, in the Pacific Heights area of Calgary, where the Hearts uh, famous... Uh, uh, born. He married Helen Hunt, uh, Helen Hunt, Helen Hart, and and his life was over. Um, uh, so, uh, he, uh, oh, here's a short list of the guys that he trained. Of course, Bret Hart, Nolan Hart, and then uh, Graham Time, Davy Boy Smith, Pillman, Juicin Thunder Liger. Jericho, Benoit, Storm, Edge, Christian, Mark Henry. Um, man, I, I can't even believe that Mark Henry got down those stairs. Uh, and uh, Natalia Neidhart and uh, Tyson Kidd. Just, that's just a short list of all the ones that uh, he trained. There, and I can read this better. 11 years ago today, Shane McMurduces that he would resign from his post as executive vice president of Global Media Effective uh, January 1st. 2010, effectively leaving WWE. Uh, question time. Uh, Shane's WWF on-screen career dated back to this Survivor Series when he debuted as referee Sean Stevens. Do you know what that year that might be? I believe it was Shane Stevens, but uh, 1988. Oh, very close. I have 89 here. But uh, oh, okay. you know Never. what? You you get a point for that. 
Uh, nine years ago today, TNA presented Battle for Glory. Uh, the show featured the final match of Hulk Hogan's wrestling career uh, versus Sting. Uh, it's a happy 30, uh, sorry, a happy 57th a birthday for Melissa Ann Hyatt, uh, but wrestling fans know her as Missy Hyatt. Uh, October 17th, we're moving on to. One years ago, Forbes Magazine reports uh, that then privately owned World Wrestling Federation is worth about $100 million. Forbes also reported that Turner was in talks to acquire Jim Crockett Promotions. A de- the deal would be finalized a month later, and Jim Crockett Promotions would be re- branded as World Championship Wrestling. Uh, 20 years ago today, WWF presented No Mercy. This event was Jeff Jarrett's final appearance in the WWF, and some stuff went down um, about his contract, of course, and held up Benny Mac for some heavy cash before he'd top up the match. Um, uh, Mula uh, defeated Irie to be the oldest uh, woman's champion in perhaps world history at age of 76. Uh, China became the first uh, woman to win the IC belt. Uh, the Hardys and Christian uh, would la- uh, would launch a ladder match fever for the next generation. Uh, can't believe X-Pac uh, defeated Bradshaw, Kane, and Farouk in a four corners elimination match in that um, uh, event, which was wow. Um, it's a happy 58th birthday for Stephen Douglas McMichael, known more famously as Steve Mongo McMichael. I'm not going through his bio. He sucked as a wrestler, a commentator, uh, but was a great footballer and appeared at uh, WrestleMania before, uh, before he sat foot in WCW. Uh, and there's a wonderful he, blooper reel of his. He is a wonderful blooper reel. And, and I'm telling you, that is one of the greatest things I have watched in a long time. Uh, just showing how bad he was. However, his expressions and how he and everyone else continued on with it, it was pretty fun to watch, especially with the music that's in the background. Um, but I can't believe he was a horseman. Uh, uh, like, fuck, Steven Regal would have been so much better than him. I, I just, I don't know why they did that. Must He must have had something on somebody. Um do, 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 do. So October 18th, we're moving on to uh, 23 years ago today in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the FBI, Little Guido and Tracy Smothers, defeated the Gangstinators, John Kronos and New Jack to win the ECW World Tag Team Championship. 21 years ago today on Nitro, the Filthy Conan and Rey Mysterio Jr. defeated Harlem Heat, Booker D and Stevie Ray to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. And this was the first for WCW under new head writers Vince Russo and Ed Ferreira, and they'd sink the ship Vinnie Mac. Fifteen years ago today, at a SmackDown taping, uh, Booker T defeated Chris Benoit to win the WWE United States Championship. And it's a happy 57th birthday uh, uh, for John Smith, uh, though he wrestles by a different name, Simon... uh, um, uh, Gotch, part of the NXT VOD villains in Aiden English. And it's also a happy 61st birthday to John Nord, uh, trained by Eddie Sharkey. Nord had stops in Midwestern Wrestling, the American uh, Wrestling Association, World Class Championship Wrestling, and Pacific Northwest Wrestling before landing well, in the WWF in 91. Yes, exactly. Um, 
initially called the Viking, Nord uh, became the Berserker, a savage wrestler who would preferably win matches by throwing their opponent over the top rope uh, for a count out while sh shouting, Hustle. Yes. Uh, this was done as a tribute to Bruder Brozy. Um, uh, sorry, Bruiser Brody. Uh, note, uh, he won. This guy actually won. John won a 40-man battle royal prime time wrestling. So, you know, they, they did give him a win. A uh, big win. Wow. After retiring from wrestling in 2000, Nord went to work at his brother's auto dealership, uh, Nord East Motors in Hilltop, Minnesota. Check him out. Uh, October 19th, uh, 35 years ago today, in San Juan, Puerto Rico, uh, Carlos Colon defeated Abdullah the Butcher to win the WWC Universal Heavyweight Championship. 19 years ago today in Yokohama, Japan, Vader and Two Cold Scorpio defeated Jun, uh, Jun uh, Akiyama and Akitoshi Sato in a tournament final to be crowned the first pro wrestling NOAA GHC tag team champions. 17 years ago, sorry, 17 years ago today, WWE presented No Mercy in Baltimore, Maryland. One of the show's featured bouts was a father-daughter I Quit match, Vince against his baby girl. Intergender matches at the time were forbidden under Maryland um, State Athletic Commission. The WWE paid the fine in advance to have the match go on as planned. Uh, WWE presented, whoops, Tabu Tuesday. Day, the first uh, pay-per-view in WWE history where match stipulations and opponents were determined by a fan vote. And if you believe your votes counted, well, <laughs> yeah, they're going to uh, put up and cage and not use it. That's the one thing that always is funny is they, they put up that cage. Of course, they're going to use it. Um, in a pre-show match, Sergeant Slaughter defeated Mohammed Hassan. Uh, by disqualification. Uh, here's a great one that is outdated now. A bunch of the lady wrestlers were in a um, fulfill your fantasy battle royal retain the WWE Women's Championship. The ladies all wore schoolgirl outfits as decided by 53% of the vote. Uh, the others were French maid, uh, 30%, and nurse's uniform at 17%. And this is why I hated female wrestling. I used this time for bathroom breaks. Uh, if I wanted porn, I'd shuffle through the apartment building trash for some porn. And that's a true story. I have found porn in the garbage heap at um, uh, an apartment building. I love that. And I worked uh, at the apartment building. So that's why I kind of seen it in there. You know, I wasn't really looking for this stuff. But after that, I was. Uh, Randy Orton defeated Ric Flair in a steel cage match. Uh, the steel cage was the runaway fan choice for a stipulation uh, with 68%, followed by Falls Count Anywhere with 20%, and Submission Match 12%. See, with, with those stipulations, of course the cage is going to win. I mean, like, against a Falls Count in a Submission Match? Yeah, of course I want to see the cage. Well, they set uh, things up geared to the vote. Yeah, and, and, you know, I know sometimes they'll put up a cage and you don't actually see it used on TV except for lowering it down and maybe a little tussle, and then they'll have an actual match in that cage for, for a dart. Um, but when it's an actual pay-per-view or a TV show and stuff, you know, they're going to use their vote on it. Um, 
16 years ago, uh, Michael Hegstrand, uh, best known to his many fans as Road Warrior Hawk, died of a sudden heart attack in his home in Indiana Rupp's Head, Florida. He was 46. Uh, 12 years ago today, Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling debuted on CMT with appearances by Rob Van Dam and Bill Goldberg. Uh, the 10 cast members were Danny Bonducci, Butterbean, Todd Bridges, Dustin Diamond, Aaron Murphy, Dennis Rodman, Trisha, Trishel Cantonella, uh, Tiffany, model Nikki Zuring, and actor-singer Frank Stallone. Uh, Tiffany was eliminated on the debut episode. Uh, Todd ended up in the final before losing to Dennis Rodman. Have you seen that show? Yeah, I saw some of it. All right. I've never actually seen it. Um, happy 43rd birthday to uh, Julie Harmer Beavis, a.k.a. Sweet Sarah Knight, a.k.a. WWE's Paige. Uh, mum calls her mum. Uh, born in Halifax, West Yorkshire, England. October 20th, 56 years ago, Mad Dog Vachon defeated Vern Gagne to win the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. 36 years ago, uh, Dusty Rhodes and Manny Fernandez defeated Ivan Koloff and Don Carnoodle to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. 24 years ago today, WWF presented In Your House 11, Buried Alive. Or that might be two, I'm not sure. I think that's In Your House 11. Um, in a free-for-all pre-show match, the Stalker defeated Justin Bradshaw. This match would actually be the longest match on the card at 20 minutes. And uh, the and under- interestingly enough, they'd end up teaming together to become the new Blackjacks. Oh, yes, they would, too. You are right. Uh, the Undertaker defeated Mankind in a buried alive match. Uh, post-match saw Terry Gordy as the executioner making his WWF debut and would join in a massive beatdown and burial of The Undertaker. The show ended with The Undertaker's purple glove sticking out of the dirt. 20 years ago today, WCW releases Bret Hart following a scathing column in the Calgary Sun from Hart attacking WCW's product. The company stopped using him altogether. His final appearance was six weeks prior to being fired by FedEx, of course. Uh, Hart blocked a spear with a hidden steel plate. Uh, 18 years ago, WWE presented No Mercy 2001. Uh, Triple H defeated Kane to unify the World Heavyweight and WWE Intercontinental Championships. The Intercontinental Championship, however, would return in May of 2003. Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit defeated Rey Mysterio and Edge to win the WWE first ever SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, Brock Lesnar defeated The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match to retain the WWE Championship. 17 years ago today on Raw, the Dudley Boys defeated La Resistance, Rene Dupree, and Rob Conway to retain the World Tag Team Championship. They would win the Doomsday Device, a tribute to one half of the famed Tag Team Road Warriors, Michael Road Warrior Hawk, Hegstrand, who died one day earlier. Uh, 13 years ago today at UFC 77 in Cincinnati, Ohio, Brock Lesnar was spotted in the front row and was introduced as UFC's newest signee. He would win the UFC Heavyweight Championship in his third bout by defeating Randy Kocher. That's better. In a, and sure. it's a happy 60s. Uh, 62nd birthday for Scott 
and something. Okay, someone just sent me something that blocked my screen, man. It's a happy 62nd birthday for Scott Spaceship Ramon Hall. Um, October 21st, uh, 48 years ago today, uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling held its first ever show at Mashada City Gym in Tokyo, Japan. In the main event, Bruno Sammartino and Terry Funk defeated Giant Baba and Thunder Sugiyama in a two out of three falls match. Ten years ago today, Comedy Central aired a wrestling-themed episode of South Park WTF, lampooning WWE with the boys forming their own backyard wrestling company. Uh, it's a happy uh, for AC Julius Connor, best known to wrestling fans as D'Lo Brown. Uh, back in 94, he served as a jobber for Earthquake on a WWF Superstars match. Uh, Connor joined... Sorry? You better recognize. Yes, you better recognize. And you know what? He he was a great wrestler. I really enjoyed him. Uh, Connor joined the, joined the WWF in 97 as one of the suited members of the Nation of Domination. Brown's success came in sing, singles uh, where he won the WWF IC belt four times in 98 and 99. And the European Championship once. Uh, he would be managed by Theodore... Oh, where he won the WWF, yeah, four times, okay. Hey, he would uh, be managed by Theodore Long for a few months before he was released from the company in February 2003. Uh, the next month, he would join TNA. Uh, he would then wrestle for Irish Whip Wrestling in Ireland, regularly toured the United Kingdom, and for all Jap uh, Japan and pro wrestling NOAA. In September 2009, Connor announced that he would retire from in-ring competition. Uh, Connor is a certified public accountant graduating from the University of Maine. He is married and has uh, two children. In October 22nd, 25 years ago today, WWF presented In Your House 4, Great White North. Uh, Goldust defeated Marty Jannetty. This was Goldust's in-ring debut. King Mabel and Yokozuna fought to a double countout. Undertaker was supposed to face Mabel in that match, but he suffered a broken orbital bone, I believe, the night before. Uh, Dean Douglas is awarded the WWF IC uh, via uh, forfeit due to Shawn Michaels' injury. And Razor Moan defeated Dean Douglas to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. The win made Douglas the shortest reigning IC champion in WWF history at just 11 minutes. The British Bulldog defeated Diesel by disqualification in a WWF Championship match. At the pay-per-view, legend has it that Vince McMahon was so disgusted with the main event, he slammed down his headset and screamed horrible, leading to the decision to end Diesel's long reign as WWF Champion a month later. 16 years ago today, WWF presented No Mercy. The main draw was the in-ring return of Stone Cold Steve Austin, out of action since the previous year's Survivor Series uh, due to a neck injury. Uh, Chris Jericho defeated X-Pac in a steel cage match. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin fought Ishii to a no-contest in a no-holds-barred match. Uh, William Regal defeated Naked Midian, uh, Naked Midian, yeah, uh, to retain the WWF European Championship. Uh, the long Los Conquistadors, edging Christian and Matt, I defeated the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, to win the WWF Tag Team Belts. 19 years ago on Raw from Kansas City, Missouri, 
four matches, uh, sorry, four championships changed hands, including three title changes in consecutive matches. Uh, Tajiri defeated Billy Kidman to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Kurt Angle defeated Rhino to win the WCW uh, US uh, belt. Bradshaw defeated the Hurricane to win the WWF European Championship. Uh, Chris Jericho and The Rock defeated the Dudley Boys uh, to win the WWF Team Championship. And the only one not to lose uh, their belt on that, I believe, was RBD. Uh, Ten years ago today, uh, TNA presented Bound for Glory. This was Kurt Angle's uh, pay-per-view. Samoa Joe defeated Abyss, uh, Brother Runt, and Raven in the Monsters Ball match. Jake Roberts was the special guest referee. Chris Saban defeated Senshi to win the TNA X Division Championship. Latin American Exchange, Hernandez and Homicide defeated AJ Giles and Christopher Daniels. Six-sided, uh, sorry, six sides of steel cage match to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Sting defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Kurt Angle was a special enforcer. Had Sting lost, he would have been forced to retire. Ooh, got big. Sorry, I'm having a technical difficulty with my fire. It doesn't like what I just did. There we go. 13 years ago today on Raw, Beth Phoenix defeated uh, Candice Michelle to uh, nothing in a best of three falls matches to retain the WWE Women's Championship. Uh, the match had a rushed ending when Candice broke her clavicle when Beth ran the uh, ropes, knocking Candice off in falling court position. In her first match back in March, her clavicle is essentially shattered when it's broken in four places, taking a, a scheduled match at WrestleMania. And Candace was released that summer. That's that's too bad that happened to her. Uh, it's a happy 78th birthday to the WWWF's first Triple Crown champion, Pedro Morales. Uh, uh, born in Cuba. Is it, yeah, sure. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I don't think it's Cuba. It's C-U-L-E-B-R-A for you out there. Uh, Pedro Rico. Uh, to a large family, his mother's side alone had nearly a hundred um, cousins. And I think that's all. So that is it for this week in wrestling. Lots of uh, lots of great stuff in there. Excellent. Well, thank you once again for uh, running all that down, looking through all the history, uh, a lot of things we didn't know, uh, some Great superstars uh, celebrating birthdays, 50 years old for both uh, D'Lo Brown and Chavo Guerrero uh, this week. Uh, Scott Hall has made it to another birthday, thankfully. Uh, just yeah, a lot of history. Uh, I know we talked about it off air that uh, I'm going to start putting up a little bit of graphics for people to follow along with uh, so they can see the match cards or whatever. Uh, we come up with uh, to follow along with your this week in history, but uh, yeah, thank you once again for diving into uh, that. And yeah, just a reminder that this weekend is Bound for Glory Saturday, wherever you get your pay per view from. Uh, high, headlined by uh, Rich Swan challenging uh, for the championship against Eric Young, and over on the 
WWE Network on Sunday. Three Hell in a Cell matches, three different titles on the line, and it's Hell in a Cell uh, weekend. So a uh, lot of things to look forward to. I think there's a bunch of other cards, including some UFC going on. So I think the weather's not going to be that great in this area. Stay in, stay warm, stay safe, and be entertained. Um, and don't forget I, that uh, um, you can watch the um, uh, U.S. Um, presidential debate, which is on right now. Yeah, we'll be getting off and seeing how much of a train wreck that is. Probably people will be looking to see uh, how many times the mute button is used. But, uh, yeah, so that concludes this week. As you see down at the bottom, how to get in touch with us, uh, definitely email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. We're available on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitch, because you're watching this live on Twitch, and most interactive uh, the best way to get uh, in touch with us is through our Facebook account and group so definitely contact us that way buy one of our uh, t-shirts it's a wonderful uh, design comic book design featuring 22 stars of the independent wrestling scene $30 for the shirt $15 for an 11 by 17 poster and all the money that's raised from this uh, campaign is going to go to Children's Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, a part of Stephen's Wrestling Journey, and, uh, yeah, Kiri Malformation Research. So contact me. I'll personally drop it off to you, depending on where you live. And, uh, yeah, just support a great cause and uh, get a wonderful T-shirt. Uh, support Independent Wrestling. And join Jonesy and myself and Chris Maloney uh, Wednesday nights for uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Uh, just yesterday, we did the greatest uh, performer to never win the title in the Hogan era for WWF. And this week, we're doing Tough Man. November is all about the Survivor Series. December is about the uh, IC US champions from the NWA, WCW, WWF, WWE, and WD for both the Intercontinental and U.S. titles. So got a lot of uh, things coming up with Fantasy Warfare Tournament. And also, please join Chris Maloney tomorrow night for uh, CWN Weekly. He has a big announcement coming up. It's something that I'm involved with. And He's we'll, the scorpion. Uh, He's probably the scorpion. That's what the, that's what the huge reveal is, man. Maybe. You never know. But he has a uh, big reveal uh, coming up uh, tomorrow night, and I'll share it again next week on this show. But he has uh, the first uh, shot at revealing the news, and he's on tomorrow night for CWN Weekly. So until then, have a great week, and have a great night. Toodles!